I'm all ears and you're all mouth. We ought to get it done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, the Westport Library and Quick Center for the Arts, in cooperation with uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, is proud to present Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And today we have with us rocker George Thorogood. He's uh, sold over 15 million albums, has been touring for 45 years. And um, on September 25th, he'll be playing at the Ridgefield Playhouse nearby. So uh, get welcome. your tickets before they sell out. Yeah, welcome, George. When um, And this is part of a, a year-long tour, isn't it? I mean, you're going into September 2022, right? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we got things lined up for uh, next year um, and into the summer of, of, of next, next year, up to a year from now. So it must have been tough um, during COVID. You could, well, were, you able, were you able to yeah, do any virtual concerts? It wasn't tough. It was horrible. I mean, yeah. let's face facts here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it's nothing to laugh about, fellas. Yeah. I mean, they say, was it tough? It was a lot tougher on the people who caught the virus. Uh, let's, let's, let's face up to what's really important here. Yeah. So, yes, yes, it was. It still is terrible because it hasn't been... Um, you know, solved or resolved or whatever you want to call it. And it's still it. getting so, worse. Yeah. Exactly. So when people would ask me, I say, "Hey, listen, I got to put my my stuff on on the on on hold here, and let's uh, let's focus on what's important, and that's uh, try to get the planet healthy. You know, yeah. without health without healthy people, you got nothing. So, exactly. You know, that was so. Yeah, we said it must have been tough on you. It, it, yeah, it was tough on me. Like it was, it was a lot tougher on other people, really. Sure. Yeah. But as a business, I mean, you've got crew, you've got musicians, you've got, uh, you know, support staff. I mean, it's every, people don't realize and think, oh, you know, I can, we're artists. So, and we don't have, you know, we have people, we have suppliers and things that all get affected too. It's a ripple, uh, you know, what do they call it? Ripple effect, uh, trickle down disaster. Well, it's a business that doesn't run itself. Um, you know, when you, Keeping keeping the organization uh, alive and well and healthy is a lot more work when you're not working. Uh, that's when the real work is going on. Um, you know, uh, you know the when you get finally get out there, get on the bandstand. You know, that's the tip of the iceberg right there. Um, it's the other stuff that when you're you're not performing live that you have to keep. You know, you have to keep the wheels greased, and that that takes a lot of work. Um, like any business, it, there's no days off. Yeah, right. Well, your, you know, your art form in particular. I mean, besides, you know, the musical talent. I mean, it's it's physically demanding. I'm just curious, what's your own personal regimen? I mean, do you run? Do you work out? Are you, are you just naturally in shape day in and day out, or you know, how do you keep yourself, you know, physically, uh, phys physically, physically? Uh, you know, positive. Um, I have always uh, appreciated the value of a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my parents taught me uh, at an early age, whenever you get a chance to get out of work, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's sort of like Yogi Bear's thing. When you come to a crossroad, take it. Um, well, uh, you know, you, um, you know, I never heard a doctor yet say you're getting too much rest. Yeah, you're right. 
I'm all for that. So I'm sure through the years, starting out when you you began, uh, what, 45 years ago, your influences or the, the bands that you love have changed. What, what bands through the decades are your like favorite bands or music or performers? Well, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find a, um, a, a heavier live act than the Jay Giles band. I hmm. mean, I was, I was very, uh, I still am an avid fan of that, that organization. Uh, when they perform live, nobody could touch them. Hmm. Um, you know, Peter Wolf to me is uh, one of the most underrated, um, front men, live performers ever. And, uh, uh, you know, why that band or that performer is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a mystery to me. Um, nobody could cut it like that, those cats. And, of course, like anybody else, when I was a kid growing up, I was a big Rolling Stones freak. You know, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I wanted to play the guitar like Keith Richards. I wanted to sing and perform like Mick Jagger. And I wanted my hair to look like Brian Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't you? I think I heard in an interview that the first time you met the Rolling, you met them before you ever saw them perform, and that Charlie Watts asked for your autograph. Is that true? It is. How many people can say that? That now that's a rock and roll <laughs> story. Nobody can top that one. Absolutely, really? that's fantastic. So, what's the story with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What's the politics there? How come some bands get inducted and and, and others yeah. don't? How would I know? I don't know how these things work. I'm I thought we'd have the inside yeah, track you know, on that. I, I'm, too, I'm, I'm too busy laying out sound, baby. You know, yeah. I'm doing doing what I got to do. I'm I I've there's an old saying, if you mind your own business, you'll stay busy all the time. So that's <laughs> what I do. Yeah. So I read that one time a Jagger got on stage and sang with you. Like when that happens, does he have to clear that? Like talk to your management or you before and say, this is what I want to do. Or is he just like walk on and you're just going to go, sure, it's Jagger. Come on and sing, you know. What do you think? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I could work either yeah. way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Mick, yeah. Mick Jagger does not need an introduction to get he up on anybody, on anybody's bandstand. Okay. So, so when he got up, well, you you must have been like totally blown away. You know? Well, I he, he 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 showed up at one of our shows. Um, we were on tour with that band in in uh, in Europe and. Uh, we haven't having the Rolling Stones had a non-show date, but you know we were we were filling in the gaps there. You know we don't make the kind of money that they make, and right. we were doing a gig with part of their band, Bobby Keys and, and Ian Stewart. So uh, you know Mick Jagger showed up. I mean, this is a very busy man. You're not just talking <laughs> about a front man for one of the most famous rock bands of all time. This man is an international celebrity. Um, you know, when he, he's, he's, it's not like he just gets out of bed and says, I think I'll do this today. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's a little more involved. So when he showed up, that was, that was very flattering, you know, sure. and then when he, when he said, I'd like to get up and, 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 and sing. And I said, Oh, <laughs> now, what song did he what i mean did he you agree he had to agree upon the song or he knew the song he was going to jump on stage and sing with her well he called the songs mick yeah. jagger calls the when mick jagger gets on the stage he calls the shots no <laughs> right, matter yeah. no matter who he's playing with <laughs> right we interviewed christian co 
Is that how you, yeah, he was the horn, yeah. you know, the horn section. And he, he played with Chuck Berry and um, I guess, well, anyway, he told a story. The short story is that, that he was there when Chuck Berry knocked out Keith Richards. Keith Richards walked in on him while he had a 12 year old girl on his lap or something. And <laughs> Keith Richards knocked him. I mean, uh, Chuck Berry knocked out Keith Richards. <laughs> Have you ever seen those antics? Have you ever yeah, seen? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they get on his bed. So. Enough said. Okay. Enough said. Yeah. So what is Monkey Beat? Is that a band that you were in like a long time ago? Yeah, it's Jim Sewell's band, Monkey Beat, out of Texas. Pardon? Texas. It's a band out of Texas. Oh. Jim Sewell's band, Monkey Beat, uh -huh. out of Dallas, Texas. Yeah. We shouldn't mention that you, you know, you're raising money and, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. Your your wife, uh, Marla, succumbed to ovarian cancer and you have the Marla Thorogood Memorial Fund for ovarian cancer, right? And is this, and that, and I don't know, is this tour raising money or part of the proceeds go to that? It better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm doing everything I can do, fellas. You know, I mean, if you want to buy a t-shirt, uh, you know, part of the proceeds go to that foundation. So uh, it's really up to the people. Uh, we've done our part. So it, it's rep, rest, you know, it's a team effort here to get some, um, you know, research going. You know, I mean, there's research for it already, but it's never enough because it's not cured yet. Right? I know. I mean, as long as we've been alive, I mean, you know, cancer research has been on the forefront. Oh, you know, it's all, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. And, you know, uh, I, it's, it's, it's when the government wanted to build an atomic bomb, Manhattan Project, they had 100,000, you know, scientists and experts come together. It feels like if they put that kind of energy behind that, they could cure some of these cancers. Huh? Well, the, that's the politics of it, you know. I mean, the, there, there's only so much money in the cash register. What are we going to do? Are we going to create an armed forces to protect the people we have? Or are we going to take the money and stick it into research to save the people we have? Yeah. Um, and that's that's a heavy thing that's been going on since the dawn of time. Um, you know, I'm I'm not involved in that in that area, but you know, there's an argument on both sides. Um, you know, how to spread the money around. Um, you 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 got to you got to defend your country, and at the same time, you want you you want the world to live. You don't you know. Hey, what good is an atomic bomb if there's no people to protect? Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. So, well, that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a guitar player. Yeah. Well, do you have this. any, um, so like in the world of rock, you have like contemporary, like other famous rock, you know, buddies that are like other famous rockers like yourself? There's a, there's a lot of rockers more famous than me, yes. But I mean, like, do you, 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 are you like sort of like a lone wolf out there? In the, or do you have like buddies that you hang out with? You know, the other, uh, you know, known. A lone, a lone wolf. I'm a fox, baby. Like a lone <laughs> fox. Yeah, a lone fox. <laughs> and where did that, did that? Did you always have that distinctive growl? You know, the kind of John K. Steppenwolf. You know, was one. You know, off uh, kind of not the same but you know that did you were you born with that growl did you come out of the womb you know growling at your mom <laughs> you know most people do come out of the womb growling yeah <laughs> as, soon as, 
As soon as the doctor smacks you on the ass. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not a musician. Trace is a musician. I'm not. But I do have a question because it fascinates me. I mean, Bad to the Bone, argue, arguably, as one of is probably, you know, the best riff ever conceived in rock and roll. And um, so I'm playing the total naive, ignorant person here audience, asking, you know, how does a riff not, you know, how does a riff come about? Are you just noodling on the guitar? Do you wake up like Paul McCartney said he woke up with the tune from yesterday in his head? I mean, is it do you work on it? Is it just an inspiration that comes, you know, I mean, you know, are you taking some herbal enhancements? I mean, what how does that come out? I would love to wake up with Paul McCartney. I would love to go to bed with Paul McCartney. Now you're talking. That's That's an inspiration. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now you're talking. (laughs) Now, um, you know, the the genius of, uh, you know, Sir Paul and, uh, you know, um, know, John Fogarty or Joni Mitchell, those people, um, they're, they're, they're blessed with immortal talent. Um, us mortals like myself, uh, you know, I, I, the struggle continues with me. I clawed my way to the middle. No, 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 well, you're underplaying that, but no, really, <laughs> yeah. seriously, that is one of the, to, to be able to, you may not want to say it, but it's, it's one of the greatest riffs in rock and roll. Well, and- let me put you, let me put you straight on George Thorogood. I do not have a very good ear when it comes to music. So I'm trying to play something and I always get it wrong. Oh. And I said, this is the lick I'm trying to do. And it comes out the way it comes out. Um, and, you know, when people come up, oh, this is the way it goes. And I go, as much as I try, I can't, you know, I, I, I want to play Bex Bolero, you know, <laughs> but I, I can't play that. So I sit there and try it when it comes out. I said, oh, man, it coming out like that. So it, it's usually the riffs that I've come up with the very few, they're a mistake. Usually it's a begin with, um, I'm, I'm trying to do something else with it. And it, it, you know, um, if there's somebody that's draw, driving the car in the wrong lane, it's me. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. artists. Yeah. That's where artists, uh, that's actually that inspires me. It does really. Like Cause you know, we grow up in the wrong lane and people usually, uh, you know, shame us for it. And, uh, to be able to uh, do something creative. Speaking of, you mentioned Jeff Beck. So I think in something I heard interview um, that he was one of, you know, this is something you'd think a fan would do or a tourist would do. Did he came up to you and went bad, right? Did he do that to you? Well, he didn't come up to me. I had the pleasure of meeting the gentleman and he was very friendly, big, big hug, big hello. And uh, I said, holy smokes, do you know who I am? Uh, <laughs> you know, and then he went, sure I do. But bad. I said, oh. <laughs> okay, you're in. Yeah, that's, that's about as in as you can be, fellas. Yeah, yeah that's the secret handshake. And who else? Did, yeah. Somebody else did that. Was it Dylan that did it to you? Did said that yeah. as well? Yeah, I, I got that going for me. So uh, the... Uh, I, I said, bad Bob was leaving. I call him bad Bob. But I said... <laughs> I, I said Bob, I don't know what else to say. I said, well, Bob, I love you. When he turned over, he says, I love you too. Bad. So I got it from Beck and I got it from Dylan. So the sure. rest of the world can pucker up. And <laughs> okay. How's you that? get strangers on the street like you're in Manhattan and the people yeah, do that right. to you. you know? right. 
No, I'll say, well, no. When, when, when the money runs out, the energy runs out, and I'm laying in the gutter, I'll go, hey, Jeff Beck digs me, and so does Bad Bob. Who digs you? <laughs> exactly. And Charlie Watts has my autograph. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, my cup runneth over. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Now, some you portrayed your, I think you did, or maybe a commentator, an interviewer called you, that sort of the Indiana Jones of music, uh, the you know, deep dive in terms of finding obscure early, you know, John Lee Hooker, whatever, Muddy Waters tunes, not the usual cover songs, but is that something you spent time doing, taking these sort of deep dives into the into those woods? Absolutely. That was that was I. Um, uh, that was if I had an expertise, for lack of other words, um, uh, that was it to, uh, you know, I'd go hear bands or blues bands and they would do the usual, like you say, the usual covers. And I would say, no, I want, I want songs. You know, some of these songs that I've recorded by Bo Diddley or John Lee Hooker, they didn't even remember the song. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's an accurate dis uh, description of yours truly. So one bourbon, that, one scotch. That, I'm sorry. I've been saying at that time anyway. Yeah. And that's is that is that a John Lee Hooker song? One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Well, I, I first was um, introduced to that song through John Lee Hooker. He had a live album, and uh, I went to see him perform, and he performed that song in both of his sets. And in those days, everybody went to see the blues people like they were looking at some Mississippi god. It was like a mm. temple. And people just sat at their feet and didn't you could hear a pin drop when Muddy Waters played or mm. Fred McDowell played. But when John Lee Hooker played, everybody was dancing and they were dancing to the song Bourbon Scotch and Beer, and they were all women. So I said, okay, <laughs> yeah. now, now now we're getting somewhere. You know, got the secret. That's right. There's no secret about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's funny. Well, most people sports and musicians it's all yeah lucky peterson you know are you familiar with him i've heard the name yes yeah he passed away he was he was sort of a later uh he muddy he taught took lessons from muddy waters when he was like five years old or something but anyhow just curious uh he he was a blues with a little touch of hendrix he was a very uh you know he was a a different player he was he was like getting a little younger than the muddy waters age but um very yeah. talented um, well, the fifth, I saw the uh, I saw Muddy Waters play several times. I do re recall one time he was playing in uh, Massachusetts, and he said over the mic to the audience, he was more than a little irritated that no one was on the dance floor, hmm. uh, no one was dancing, and he and this kind of bothered him. You know, I mean, he wasn't belligerent or anything. Yeah. He, was, he was just kind of, um, well, what do you what do you call it? He was just kind of confused. Sure. You know, I said I said yeah, this this. This music is meant to move people. Uh, I guess he, he didn't feel like being stared at. He wanted to be danced to. And mm. I said, well, you know, he's that's where these can See, I always thought if I don't get him up on the dance floor and dancing, then we're a flop. Mm. We, haven't, we haven't pulled it off, you know. And I think that's what Muddy Waters was trying to tell his audience, you know. And, um, you know, that's that's every entertainer's. That's. That's the true side of appreciation, I think. If you're playing, if you're that type of band, of course, if you're 
you know, reciting poetry or you do what Liberace did. I mean, you can't expect <laughs> you can't expect the dance floor to be packed. I mean, that's a different kind of act. But if it, in the past we said, man, we didn't get them up dance and didn't get them up rock, and then we must be doing something wrong. Yeah, that's the barometer. Yeah, well, you do, yeah. and you did definitely give. That's the other thing. Well, I'm going to go back because I don't think you answered except for sleeping well. But um, you know, <laughs> such an energetic. You're such an energetic. A uh, physical performer, I mean, you know, uh, do I mean, really, do you do any, you know, workout, run, uh, bike, swim, or or is it really just come naturally? You just have it over the years. Is, is performing your workout? So, good health does not come naturally. Um, yeah. You you know, you have, like anything else, you, you have to work at staying healthy. It's called the pursuit of happiness, fellas. Mm -hmm. It's the pursuit of good health. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I finally quartered uh, Chuck Berry, the great Chuck Berry, and, uh, you know, I asked him a question the world has asked him, and I thought this could be the only time I get a chance. He might throw me out of the room or he might help me out. <laughs> Punch you. You. Never, you never know with Chuck, you know. As I said, uh, Chuck, if you had to boil it down to one thing, that's the, like you said, the barometer of, of, uh, of success, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, George, you got to eat right. Hmm. <laughs> really? and, I, and I started thinking, and I started thinking about that. If you don't eat right, you're not healthy. And if you're not healthy, you can't do anything. You can't be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't do any, you can't go to work. So, uh, you know, that made a lot of sense. You know, that's, he, he had it boiled down to the common denominator. You know, so coming from Chuck Berry, who am I to argue with? Yeah. I understand he stays healthy by eating pieces of 16 year old girls. <laughs> oh, jeez. There you, there you go with that again. Pieces. Uh, I he... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried that yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he leaves anything on the plate. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, he's... Uh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of girls, actually, this is a safe question, but yeah. I love the video, uh, the I Drink Alone video. Um, did you have anything to do, you know, art direct or conceive that? I mean, it's done in black and white. It's really kind of a very noir. You know, you're in the bar, you walk in and, you know, open your guitar case and you got a shot glass and all. It's, it's a really, I, I love it. I mean, it's moody and it's kind of dark, but it ends totally unconventionally. And I'm asking, is this was this your concept or did you like the concept? You know, where you basically slam the door in the girl's face. You got this pretty girl at the bar who's paying attention to you. And, you know, and you leave and it's the, you know, I drink alone. Goodbye. Well, it's usually the other way around. The woman slams the door on me. That was a terrible ending. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's the movies for you, you know, yeah. and the movies are always going for an exciting ending. And I'm going, ho, 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 ho. Hold the phone here. <laughs> let's let's talk about reality. Yeah. If I if I've been lucky enough to get a, get someone to talk to me, uh, I'm not gonna walk away and slam the door. Where, where, hold on. Where are you going? <laughs> but did you have any creative input into the into the video in terms of just the look of it or what you're you know wearing or I mean you know they uh, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. No, it wasn't. Oh, but, no, yeah, not really. That was a. I, I thought it was kind of. First of all, anybody who knows George Thorogood will not see him cruising down the street on a 
1800cc Harley Davidson uh, with no helmet. No, I, I, I wanted it to be in a, I wanted to be in a limousine like Frank Sinatra. You know, oh, yeah. uh, ride a motorcycle like that. It was, it was painful. I said, no, like, you know, much uh, uh, shoot it in an air conditioned suite at the Four Seasons or get in a limousine, you know. <laughs> And I said, that's more of my style. You know, he said, well, that's not, that, that's not bad enough. I said, well, I'm not bad. I just smell that way. <laughs> <laughs> what is your ride of choice? Do you have a, do you have motorcycles or, a, or old cars you restore or anything like that? No, my ride of choice is the one where you get in the back seat and there's someone in the front with a tie on and a hat. <laughs> With the, with the window like they had in Spinal Tap, you know. <laughs> yeah, you put, right. you put, that's my that's my ride of choice, fellas. Uh, sounds good. Yeah, who could resist that? So your daughter uh, is a performer as well. What what does she play? Everything. She plays, uh, <laughs> is she on tour? Is she on tour with you? No, 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 no. She's not doing that right now. No, she's not. She's uh, working on her own thing and. Uh, when she's ready to do whatever she's going to do, um, I'm positive she'll be successful at it. Um, you know, she'll make her move when she's ready. Right. So a couple of other honors. I mean, you're the, the um, I may get the name, exact name wrong. It was the V.V. King um, Award, right? Or the, uh, what's the full name of that? But anyway, it's a, it was a, a few years ago, right? The V.V. King I guess that's what it's called, the B.B. King Award. Uh, it's a high honor for your, uh, any musician. When, yeah. was, when was that? Was that re fairly recent or? A couple of years ago, yeah. yeah. In Montreal. That's when I, I, we, I saw him play a few times in the last, before, you know, the last couple of years he played. Uh, I think there. I saw him at his club in, in yeah, right. Times Square. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I went to his club and saw him play. Um, and the other thing, the Epiphone came out with a uh, commemorative, what, the White Fang guitar? Well, I've always, I was always been a fan of uh, Super Sales. And, uh, oh, same here. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Black I, Tooth I and a, White Fang. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I have, I have two guitars I use in concert. One is Black Tooth, the other one's White Fang. Um, and, um, you know, I just, you know, B.B. Uh, King's guitar is Lucille. And, uh, you know, I said, well, what's your deal, Thurgood? I said, oh, white fag and black tooth. That's, those, you know, that's what yeah. I grew up on. You know, oh. I mean, when we do that, but we're still working on the pie in the face. So I think I'll keep that out of the, out of yeah. the program. You could, well, for, you know, arena concerts, you got this giant, like, 20-foot pie come and just hit the whole band in the face. Co cover it, man. <laughs> well, do me a favor and don't let that bleed out. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I worshipped Soupy Sales when I was like 10 oh, years absolutely. old. Oh, absolutely. The greatest. He used to, t I mean, I was watching it when he told me, I thought he was talking to me to get take the money out of my parents' wallet and send it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So to, go into your parents, uh, go into your parents' room when they're sleeping and take all those pieces of green paper with presents yeah, right. and put them in an envelope and send them to Soupy Sales here at, you know, WW whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, he was, you know, that's the kind of thing you do it when you're on radio or TV, just to see if anybody's watching or listening. Yeah. That's, you know, cause you never know you're, you're, you're there facing a camera. And, uh, he was, uh, he, he was a real genius at that. And, uh, his, um, his style was, it was, there was a lot of it was slapstick. Yes. And there was a lot of it that was soupy sales, 
Um, but there'll never be a, 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 another one like that. I mean, I, I thought the soupy the soupy shuffle was going to knock out the twist. Oh yeah, the soupy. Right. Yeah, what I was that like this? This can you see me? I don't know if you can see me. Was that yeah, kind yeah. of the soupy thing? Yeah, yeah. But Paul Revere the Raiders later uh, copied that on the TV show. Oh, did they? Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah, you watched the the, the Paul Revere the Raiders do what they do. They got that from Soupy Sales. Oh. I remember Soupy actually had a concert in Manhattan. I went to it back then. Did he, he, he do did the his mouse? dancing thing. And, you know. Did he do the mouse? Yes, he did the mouse. That was it. <laughs> yeah. The mouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now his yeah, son. He, uh, yeah, his son's a musician. Did you know him? With Ringo. Yeah, yeah. He played with uh, Bowie. Yeah. Tony and the Tigers. He had a oh, band yeah. in the 60s. Tony and the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're, thank you for your time. I mean, is there anything yeah. else you want to, we want to repeat the, that, that you're going to appearing at the Ridgefield Playhouse, which is just miles from where we are here in Westport, Connecticut. Um, so call the Ridgefield Playhouse, uh, September 25th, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. And uh, catch you got them. any You got any other projects you want to uh, mention? Uh, yeah, I got, I got lots of them, but, uh, you know, I'm still waiting for, uh, you know, Scorsese to call. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you never know with Thoroughgood. The the uh, the unpredictable, predictable George. That's me. Yeah. Well, another one that brings me to another one of your quotes here. Where, where is it? Um, oh, gee, come on. Um, if you're content, you may as well be dead. Well, I don't know about being dead, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pushing it a little far. But um, you know, um, it's like stay hungry. That quote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's always that. I, I'll give you one last little deal here, mm, uh, please. As as you may or may may not know, doesn't matter. Uh, I grew up being a baseball fan, and uh, the Baltimore Orioles had a slugger named Boog Powell, MVP, mm -hmm. MVP in 1970, and this guy could really clobber the ball. Uh, he used to hit these moon shots off the light towers in, in Baltimore Memorial Stadium. And he would hit these moon shots and then he'd come back and sit back at the bench. And it, his teammates would say, hey, Booger, did you get all of that one? And he'd go, not quite. <laughs> oh, now that's now that's that's saying something right there. Yeah. There's always a little more to that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, you don't want to. Uh, well, apparently, the Chinese have a tradition. I, I went to China and there was ivory carvers, and they said they deliberately put a flaw in everything they do because they don't want, want to offend the gods. And anyway, so that's another approach to it. Well, then, if that's the approach to it, uh, you, you know, I, I must be a big favorite with the gods. <laughs> 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 I think the gods are still playing your riff wherever they are. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Okay, fellas. Most of what I told you is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vice versa. Thank you Next, so much for your time. You're welcome. Next time we'll do a very flawed interview. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> right. Later on, fellas. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. <laughs>